There is such a thing called conscious consciousness. In terms of consciousness. In terms of consciousness. What consciousness is. You're listening to Explain the Brain from the Mind Science Foundation. These next four episodes are going to come out twice a month. They're rebroadcasts of episodes we did with the neuroscientist David Eagleman. He's chief science advisor of the Mind Science Foundation. And he has a new role as creator and host of PBS's The Brain with David Eagleman. This episode was about time. Jeremy was 16 when the crash happened. I was getting off of work at my job at the AMP grocery store. This was just outside Atlanta. There'd been a storm. The traffic lights at the four-way intersection that was at the corner of the shopping center were not working. So Jeremy came up to the intersection, put on his brakes, and waited his turn. So at some point, it seemed like the coast was clear, and I started to sort of slowly make my way across the intersection. It it felt like when you watch something in slow motion on a movie or on a TV show. I was seeing the lights from the different cars and the little shops and stuff that were on the side of the intersection. The glasses that I was wearing, like I actually remember feeling them fly off my face, then seeing them in front of me, and then seeing them kind of like drift out of the window. I should say this first, Jeremy was fine. And so was the person that slammed into him. But what stuck with him is the accident just felt so long. He still remembers every single detail, and this was 20 years ago. One of the things that's always struck me as really fascinating is that our perception of time isn't exactly what, what you might think it is. That's David Eagleman. He's a neuroscientist at Baylor College of Medicine. There's no theoretical framework that exists that ties physical measurable properties to private subjective experience, like how long did that last? Wait, so there's no like internal clock? Ah, um, so some people have proposed a theory that there's an internal clock that sort of paces us along. The problem is there's never been any physiological evidence that supports the idea of an internal clock. He says scientists have been studying this for a while, why time seems to slow down when something scary happens, or why a new route to work feels longer than your old route or the same distance. He says he may have finally figured it out. The more energy your brain has to burn in order to represent what it's seeing, the longer it seems to have lasted. Let's hear that again. My hypothesis is that our sense of time has to do with how much energy the brain is using to represent things in the world. If you have some sort of baseline amount of energy burn, then uh, that essentially sets the pace of the clock on average. The idea is your brain uses a pretty steady amount of energy to get you through your day. And it sets its timekeeping based on that. But throw something surprising in there, like a car crash, your brain has to work a lot harder, and you register more time passing. Conversely, if you're doing something that is a totally automatized behavior, like driving to work in the morning, taking the same route you always take, your brain can whisper along with very little energy in that situation. And so it seems to take a very short time. Eagleman got this idea from doing time perception experiments in his lab. Like he'd put people inside an fMRI scanner so he could measure their brain activity. Then he'd show them a series of pictures on a screen, and he'd ask them how long each picture seemed to have lasted. So I show you a picture of a tiger for half a second, and I show you it again for half a second, and again, and again, and again. People get pretty used to that tiger picture. Their brains develop a pretty steady response to it. Then he'd show them a picture of a zebra, again for half a second. Brain energy shoots up, and... It will appear to you that the zebra lasted longer on the screen 
even though it was there for exactly the same physical duration as the tiger. New picture, more brain effort, more time perceived. We all come into the world with an intuition that time just exists, that it's just a river that's flowing past, and we're just passively tracking that. But basically, he says, time's something your brain creates. Part of why I'm so intrigued with this is this plugs into movements in physics in the last century where people suggested maybe maybe the passage of time doesn't exist at all. Whoa, whoa, like that's that's getting huge, huge stuff. I know, but something very deep is going on. I mean, all time ever is, when people talk about measuring it, is just the agreement of clocks, the agreement of mechanical devices. I mean, that's all, that's the only way to define time, but we don't really know, we don't really know what the meaning is. I mean, for example, in the middle of my last sentence, time may have frozen for 10,000 years and then started up again, and you and I would never know that. No way. Yeah, yeah. Because all we know is the clock on the wall and our own private subjective experience of continuity. You could say if all time is relative, what does having subjective sense of time even matter? But our private subjective experience, that's what shapes our consciousness. It shapes what the world is to us. And to Eagleman, that does matter. For Explain the Brain, I'm Audrey Quinn. If you want to learn more about the topics from our David Eagleman episodes, you can check out his new PBS show, The Brain with David Eagleman. To learn more about the Mind Science Foundation, go to mindscience.org. And as always, if you enjoyed this episode of Explain the Brain, leave us a review on iTunes. <laughs>